the master tonight. Welcome everybody on this uh, Saturday morning. Sorry we're having some technical difficulties, but we want to get everything right here uh, because we've got a very, very special guest on Dave's Gone By coming um, just in an hour from now. Yes, Carol Channing is going to be with us, well, by phone on this Saturday morning in October. Right now, we do have with us um, the general manager of... UNC Radio, which is the station that we are on. Hello. Hello. Let's see if your, your mic is working. Yep. Okay, so we're t- Looks like it. talking to Sam Wood. Hello. Yep, it's working. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop you up. And that will also be the mic we'll use for Carol. Yeah, we're very, very kind of a lo-fi, uh, homemade sort of uh, beginning to the show today. Sorry about that. But again, uh, you know, got to make sure the board is working, our recorders are working, and they seem to be. So welcome to... The neighborhood. Sam, general manager of UNC Radio, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. I'm getting ready for the big drive to Aurora. The big. Why are you driving to Aurora? To get my hair cut. Why are you going all the way to Aurora? Because it's cheaper to have my mom do it. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. And I, uh, I have to get my headlight fixed too, so I can not be pulled over anymore. That would be. How long yeah. have you had a broken headlight? That since I got the truck. So. Oh my god. A couple months. Do they always keep? Do they just give you warnings? Oh yeah. Oh okay. I've never gotten an actual ticket. I'm gonna be pissed when they give me an actual ticket though. Well, you gotta fix that then. Are they gonna yeah. actually fix it today? You know, fix I hope so. Headlight. If not, oh well. Well, Sam has been doing yeoman's work. Uh, well, ever since becoming general manager of the station, which which was almost completely decimated, destroyed. I mean, there almost was no radio station at the University of Northern Colorado. For a couple of years, and then Sam said, "No, no, no, you know, we can't have that. This is a major university in a, a pretty major town on the Middle West Coast. We got to have a station. We have, a, have to have a place where students and faculty can get out there, play the music they want to play, say the things they want to say, and we built it very, very slowly back. And actually, been making leaps and gra- uh, leaps and bounds progression-wise. One of the things that have happened, like over the past twelve to eighteen months." At the station. Uh, well, let's see. Over the last year, we have a new webcast, as you can see now, and a new broadcasting system, um, rotation system, I guess. Before it wasn't as high tech as it is now. Uh-huh. Um, people know us now. That's a huge leap. Yeah. Before there was only eight people when I took over, and the only people at the school that knew about us was the eight people. <laughs> so. Now I've got I get daily emails about other clubs and organizations on campus wanting us to be at their events. Wonderful. So, yeah, we're, I think last year you did twenty events all year. And probably we've done more than that. We've done at least probably roughly about twenty twenty five ish. So far, in the I mean, first it's, it's mid October. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's why you you know the, the the funny thing is you don't have I don't think a goal to become. A radio broadcaster, or or anything like that. So, what is the the pull? What made you have this incredible uh, urge and, and yearning for this radio station? 
Um, well, it could be because, uh, well, the guy that asked me to be the general manager told me this. He was like, if you don't become the GM, then the station is no longer going to happen, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of got me, and I guess I'm very competitive with myself. Okay. So I want to have the best thing ever. <laughs> so that could be why I'm still doing this, and I don't really want to give it up. I do want to give it up, but I'm because it really? takes my I, life. Yeah. Well, you're an electrician or an, uh, an apprentice mm-hmm. electrician. So, will it take your... I mean, you can stay here at least another year. I know that. Yeah, I'll probably be here one more year. Or if I decided to take on two more majors, I'll be here for a little longer. <laughs> I don't mind. I like college, so it's fun. Yeah, and you're, what, are you 22 or... Yeah, 22 November. So, you got... You can stay here until you're like 28 and a half. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to get married... You know, have a kid when you're 34-ish. Yeah. Do it right. But it's then early. finally graduate college. <laughs> okay. Well, you have a master's degree, too. You, you can I thought about it. for a master's. I thought about it. I also, uh... Oh, you have a phone oh, call. Oh, I have a call from... Maybe, maybe we'll put it on the air. Hold on. We're going to move the other mic. One moment. Whoever's calling. I think I know who it is. UNC Radio, you are all on the air. Uh, it's me, David. Yes. <laughs> you, you don't sound like a David. I want to thank Sam. I heard of him on the radio. Oh, you mean right now? Of course. Yeah, okay. Hey, thank you. Why do you want to thank Sam? We all do, but why do you want to thank Sam? <laughs> well, I should say that um, who I am. I teach here, right? I'm Joyce. I'm the wife of David. But Hi. I ran into a real jam, literally, with some microphone equipment and some huge problems when we were showing a film, my living with the, the Living with Dying film, and I heard Sam on the radio, and I just wanted to thank him publicly, um, because he was a huge help. He ran in at, like, the zero hour and helped disconnect, connect, and actually, you know, make some, some microphone stuff work, so I just wanted to thank you, Sam, publicly. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> I write that letter, babe. You're gonna write a letter. Yeah. I am very glad that you're competitive with yourself because you were very helpful and, and I was you know, extremely anxious that we wouldn't have any sound at all, which was really scary because I like people to hear when a panel comes to speak. Oh, yeah. So Sam, thank you. I just wanted to say I thank you so much. I'm glad we have a student radio and then we have people we can call to help with a minute. <laughs> So thank you, Sam. That's why I called in. Seriously, Sam. Th- thanks, Sam. And, yeah, he's you know, Let me tell you what happened this morning. You know, I get here, uh-huh. and I'm trying to step, step up, and I'm getting my, uh, my MySpace account up so people, when I start playing music, you can yeah. see the playlist. And I've got a Twitter account up, and I've got my, my notes and my CDs. Oh, no. And then, oh, I have to, I want to record the show because, you know, we have Carol Channing. In about 45 minutes. Well, of course, I go into the uh, recording studio, and everything's unplugged. The boards unplugged, the things I had, the desk unplugging, I'm what is, where does this go? I've never. Oh my you know. god. And then I'm like, ah, after 10 minutes of this and, and you know, smashing a few things. Yeah. I get on the horn and who I call, but Sam. And leave a message and bam, Sam calls me back, says, look, I can be there about half an hour. Wow. Uh, Dan, everything running, and here he is. Sam, I think you should be like an ER or on life flight or something. <laughs> you're a very good emergency responder, Sam. Yeah, I try. <laughs> no, you're, you're really helpful. I'm, I mean, for my part and also for David. So I'm not going to compliment you anymore, but I just really wanted to say thank you because uh, you are terrific. So I'm going to go, but thank you and have a great show.
show, both of you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. That's my wife, Joyce. At, is there anything you want to publicize that you're... Oh, you're going to be on the radio again, I think, right? Yeah, but that's nothing. You do your show and talk about Carol Channing and Sam. I'm going to see you later. Okay. And Love thank me. you, Sam, so much. I appreciate your help, seriously. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can do something in the future, maybe with the radio or something. But thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate the, the station's support. Yeah, definitely. No problem. Okay, Thanks. take care. Thanks Bye. for calling this. Bye-bye. That uh, was Joyce, my, my wonderful and very grateful wife. And I'm, I'm Dave Lefkowitz. I don't think I even introduced myself. Hi, I'm Dave Lefkowitz. Um, this is the program Dave's Gone By, which you can find out more about at davesgoneby.com. In the studio at the moment, I happen to have the general manager of UNC Radio, Sam Wood. And so you start three years ago on this? Uh, uh, let's see, yes. I started three years, and I, was, I had my sports show with my best friend. And then we started doing hockey, too. Just, oh, you mean you know, announcing the games? Announcing the games. That was just, you know, just for fun to try it. And then I think that's what kind of saved the station because when we uh, had our show, there was like eight people here, and uh, we didn't really have a webcast up, so we were only going in the residence halls. Oh, wow. And then Logan and I, we found mostly, I think it was Logan that found a website where we can stream online. Fabulous, yeah. So that's kind of what brought the... Because we're not yet on the air, although you are actually looking into trying to get a low-power signal so that people in the parking lot yeah. at the school can you can't if you go past the parking lot you still won't be able to hear it. But I, I think I researched. I mean, the only problem is the FCC; they're not very clear when they send you stuff. No. So the yeah. unclear in its instructions, are they? Yep. So I read another thing the other day where if we get a low-power transmitter, it can reach up to five miles. That's pretty good. Yeah. Five miles, that's the campus there. That's mm-hmm. not, that's already into almost Evans and Windsor. Mm-hmm. Well, well, but, but yeah. Wolf. Yep. So it's, it's about half a greeley. If you think about it. Right. There. The good half. So, yeah. The gang half the, doesn't need to hear half that counts. That's right. Um, that's terrible. Yeah. So, so I looked into that, but I don't know. I just got to call somebody over there because they send you emails. You ask them a question through the website, and then they send you an email back. Uh, Here, here's the link for our website that I'll explain. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah. There's no phone number. There's no, like, hi. Uh, You know, I want to talk to just an actual person, so I haven't tried it yet, but, yeah, it's something to look into. Right now, I read that um, we can't get an AM or an FM license because they're not currently accepting any applications. Oh, you mean for a major license? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, well, which when, when are they accepting twenty, you know, forty six? They they haven't accepted an uh, application since seven. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. No room on the dial. Yeah. Right. But for a low power, they still could. I think maybe I don't know. That's who I have to call. Cause I didn't see anything about it. Ouch. Okay. So we'll just have to ask K Norton to like buy a station for us. That's all. Yeah, you know, <laughs> buy out some little station. That's fine. Yeah. How old is the guy pirate radio? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got to be gone soon. Yeah, he probably had a heart attack on Obama one, so... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. all life support it, but I'm sorry. He may be listening right now, as if. Anywho, so, um, and I also, the one other reason we want to thank Sam is that we had a very, very active week at the radio station about a week or so ago with Homecoming, and how do we do on Cannes for Candelaria? Uh, we got 21st, which... Yeah, that's a big number, but there's probably about 50 to 60 
organizations. 21st out of organizations. Are they just in of, school? Out of everything. Or everything meaning? Yeah, it's every club, organization, department on campus. So. Was there a dollar figure, you know, as far as how much the cameras were working, the money? Yeah, we, we, uh, we raised about 136 pounds in actual food, yeah. and then the rest was all money, which I think our total was 701. Woof! That's not bad. Not bad at all. That's very cool. Yeah. So, glad we can contribute to the Wolf County Food Bank. Yeah. Well, yeah, he got my $5, because I don't give to anything. I'm a cheap son of a bitch. But he got five bucks out of me. So, so you know. Yeah, and can people still donate or, or wait till Thanksgiving? Um, you know, I think you can still donate. I want to eventually probably do something of our own, share it to radio, and try to do some kind of food drive. Like that Harry Chapin thing that I used to do way yeah. back in Long Island and, and start this whole food thing. Always yeah. hated that. But <laughs> I mean, I believe in people eating, but it's taking up all this radio time with like, give, give, give. Right. Yeah. Right. See, yeah, that's actually... Go on another topic. That's how CU gets their money, as they do pledge drives, because they don't get student fee funds. Right. So as I, long as we, can. I don't want to do that, because I mean, like you said, I don't want to. If I have a radio show, I don't want to talk about pledge drives, playing a song here and there. I want to have my radio show. And, yeah, but they also raise a bit more money than we do, getting from a bit more money than we've asked for in the last six years. So combined. Yeah, so combined, yeah. there is something to be said for pledges and getting the old alumni who are on the hockey teams today. And, oh, you know, alma mater. Yeah. The old gold and the blue. What the hell are our colors? I'm wearing them. Gold. Yeah. Gold and blue. Yeah. So. Something to think about. Yeah. Maybe down the road. I might always put something on the website saying, hey, if you want to donate. You know. Yeah. And it's tax deductible or a non-profit mm-hmm. organization. Right. Great. Cool. Well, what are your plans for this week, Sam Wood? This week, uh, well, starting Sunday and tomorrow, mm-hmm. the B.O.B. concert. B.O.B. is a rapper. Yeah. Yep. For, for the people who are waiting for Carol yeah. Chang, yeah, <laughs> B.O.B. is not, you know, bring your own uh, <laughs> babies. He's yeah. a very good rapper, um, so that'll be fun. And then I think the radio... We are present. Well, we're almost presenting a show. Um, oh, we're almost presenting a show. Almost presenting. That's exciting. So we get. You know, to I have, almost uh, went to Brazil once. You know, almost, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. I only say almost because uh, I almost had a date with Cameron Diaz. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, I only say almost because we had um, Sky Fox in at the Gothic Theater coming Friday. And they said that we could present the show, but then I went on their website two days ago and said 93.3 was presenting the show. Ooh. I wasn't very happy. So they can only have one station presenting yeah. at a time. Yeah. So we'll get another one, but Sky Fox is coming. They're a local band from Denver. They'll be Oh, I thought you meant Sky, like Fox News. Kind of. oh, Sky Fox is a band. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's where I am in the loop on these things, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. So they're coming Tuesday, and then we have more. Can you present like Vic Damone and... and Lou Monty and... <laughs> There's actually something I got in the mail the other day that you'd pray like. It's uh, tickets to some stuff. Right. What, is the person 97 or something? No, it's... Uh, I don't know what it is. I'll have to check it out. Okay. Maybe go to commercial bring it back to you. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of music because this is a music as well as a talk show. Let me thank again Sam Wood, the general manager of UNC Radio, and remind everybody that Lord, good Lord willing and the creep creeks don't rise and the phones work, we will be talking to the legendary 
Carol Channing at 11 o'clock. She's a three-time Tony winner, including an honorary uh, or a Lifetime Achievement Tony Award. She's in the Theater Hall of Fame, all that kind of stuff. One and only Carol Channing here in the neighborhood. But first, let's hear um, the other thing I kind of wanted to celebrate this week, this Saturday. This would have been the 70... Oh, I don't know why I can't talk at the moment. This would have been the 70th birthday of John Lennon. And so we're going to definitely be playing Carol Channing music and John Lennon music on Dave's Gone By today. So please listen in on your computers. It's umcradio.com if you're in the dorms. You can also listen on Channel 3 on your dorms at UMC. You can Twitter us. Uh, what is that? It's UMC Radio is our Twitter mm-hmm. thing. So catch our feed. Check the MySpace page. MySpace.com. Dave's Gone By is the place. And here... Yes, we can.
That's not the thrill of the number. We're reaching to the third balcony. We're kicking as high as humans can kick. And it went, Dolly will never go away again. There's no substitute for doing it. It reflects on your vocal cords. And the whole company followed suit. And Lynn Fontan and Alfred Lunt, the two oracles of live theater as it is today, they were the standard of Broadway shows 
and how to project a feeling across the footlights and way up to the last balcony. They listened to that record and said, That's the only
we have Dolly herself. Ooh, ooh, that didn't sound good on the telephone right there. Maybe I better get to it right now. So let me let me hold off on any long introductions and just say that we have with us on the phone three-time Tony Award winner and Broadway legend Carol Chang. Carol, uh, are you? Oh, I think someone is calling in because. Well, hello, Carol. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you, and I, I, we can hear you too. Um, how are you doing? How, how do you feel? How are you doing, Carol Chang? I'm doing fine. Um, in, uh, I'm just, we just got back from Los Angeles, and uh, there we spread the word about the arts in public schools, and now I'm coming to Colorado. You say it's the 29th? Um, actually, I think actually, you are coming to Colorado... Uh, on the 23rd, you're, you're going to be at CSU in Fort Collins doing a master class. Um, it is apparently the 23rd. You, you were almost there. So you can kind of take, uh, if you're a mathematician, you should take, take the medium of it. And say it's the uh, October 23rd from 2 to 4 p.m. That's what I have on here. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I just got over Harry. My husband points me. I'm married too. I love the But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we do. Well, my wife is my biggest uh, supporter, and she's been really helpful this, this morning with my show. So I want to thank her for that. But, 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 but Carol, um, you've got like a brand new CCF? Is that true? Oh, a, a new record, a new compact disc. Well, yes, yes, yes. Well, there's one album called True to the Red, White, and Blue, which is uh, patriotic songs. And then there was another album you were supposed to release last year, but things got delayed, I think, because you broke your hip or something. And um, that's called For Heaven's Sake. <laughs> Texas or what? It happens to everybody, believe me, you know? Oh, Jesuit, I thought it was because I'm, I'm in three months, I'll be 90 years old. 
You, you, you really are. Yeah. Maybe that was my problem. But no, no, it's not. Everybody has it. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you know that, Dave. And you are better. I mean, one of the things, you know, my wife is a gerontologist, and she, a few years... I'm sorry? Your wife's name. Oh, uh, her name is Joyce. Okay. Well, my, my lovely and wonderful wife, Joyce, is a professor at the University of Northern Colorado, and she specializes... Already, yes, yes, yes. A professor of what? Uh, gerontology. She teaches about aging. So, one of the things... Yeah. One of the things... Well, but here, here's an interesting... Joyce. Joyce is... Yeah. She's a professor of, of, what is, of aging, whatever, or something. You know, <laughs> what was the door about? Somebody in the field with our call. Well, anyway. I mean, yeah. Okay. So, but what I was... going to meet her, I hope. Oh, well, if we can get down to CSU, yes, we would love, love to, uh, to see you there. Yes. Well, what I was going to mention is the fact that she is a, um, a professor... And before she was doing that, she was working on studies that involved hip fracture. And the old thinking about people who, who hurt themselves or, or fractured their hips was that, well, if they were old, it was over. That was kind of like the last thing. They would break the hip and they would go rapidly downhill and, you yes. know, nuts and circle the drain. Oh, yes. Oh, that's what I did twice. What? 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 Twice. Mm -hmm. Harry said twice. It was twice. Actually, you even get to talk to Joyce. She's here. This is my wife, uh, Joyce Carol Chang. Carol Chang, Joyce. It's a pleasure to pleasure to meet you, Carol. So, oh, it's, I can't wait to meet you, Joyce. You, you teach all about aging. I do. And did you have any rehabilitation after your hip surgery? Did you go through a little physical uh, therapy? Oh yes, oh yes. Well, I finally got to the top of the mountain here in Majesto, Cal. I mean, in uh, Rancho Mirage, California. And I had a fit. What, what, what do you call Ranch? What was he? Uh, 
Oh, man, a therapist. A therapist. I had a therapist that we got to the top of the mountain. And then we got down again. We do, that's what we're doing. And it's just, it's working. And you know what's interesting, Carol? I, I don't have any um, titanium or anything like that, but I had an aunt who had a titanium knee or metal knee, yes. and she, she would say in the cold weather she would feel it. She'd get cold. Do you feel cold in oh, your knee? Yeah. That's what I do. I get cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well. We have one of the great Broadway legends, and we're talking about titanium knees. Well, Carol, let me just say this. All morning, all of our neighbors have been singing Hello, Dolly, and trying to, to you know, emulate your voice. So people would stop their cars and begin singing Hello, Dolly. So it was quite unusual here <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Oh, would you do it, hon? Can we hear your Carol Chan? No, no, no. David, David has been practicing. No, 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 no. no he, he's no. been yes with gestures and movement, and he's been he's been telling everyone about this interview for weeks. Yeah. Oh, of course, I'm thrilled. Yeah. We're sure to get arts back into public schools, and one art is teaching people how to stay young and active yes. and healthy, yes. and I, that's an art. And I found out after, I, I did Hello Down for a sp over a span of 30 years, wow. which is some kind of a record. Wow. And, uh, and, and I found, boy, you could... Uh, 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 other people because that's a tremendous you know longevity and you have a lot of stamina so what's your secret Well, can, what can I ask you? Very interesting, and it's a fact. So you can't 
large and be successful. Well, can I ask you, you have a foundation. Is that connected to uh, the keeping teachers and art teachers going? Is that what your foundation is? Collision, by the way, is um, Carol Channing's yeah. husband, someone she has known since she, as you said, you were about 12 or 13 years old, wow. but they didn't get married, at, well, certainly not at that age, <laughs> but you had to go through three husbands to get to Harry, in a manner of speaking. That's right, and now we got, we, we got married seven years ago, Harry has a, she's my, now my seven-year-old daughter, she's actually in her 50s, Oh, okay. And, Well, well, Harry, uh, tell me something. Oh, you have yeah, sorry. George, yes. Okay, I can't find you. Oh. I hear him. Oh, oh, you hear him, yes. You have a foundation, you and I. Uh, can you uh, just hold the telephone back a little bit further from you? Oh, am I yelling? No, you're great. We're, we're, we're fine. <laughs> you sound wonderful, I both of you. I always yell. All right, dear, is that more than, like... They actually said... Okay. Right. in school in our middle school in San Francisco at Aptis, actually, and 
Uh, that's what molded it. But you asked a very uh, uh, poignant question when you said, uh, are you trying to get teachers, uh, art teachers back in school? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a qualified yes. What we're trying to do is, uh, uh, right now, is to bring arts back into public schools because we have, there's a guy here in California, he's an assemblyman in, in our uh, state assembly legislature, and he's trying to remove arts from public schools. So uh, I, I asked I ask for some funds that we might get some teachers who might teach in those school districts in the United States. Probably Colorado doesn't have them as much as some of the larger cities. In like this, such as New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco, mm -hmm. where they really have a poverty, a great deal of poverty, a great deal of social problem, mm -hmm. and uh, we get those school districts attended uh, to first. I think uh, I, I, that's the only funds that we're really trying to get at. But, but, but. there's a resolution in the United States Congress right now, yeah, it's a Senate Bill 275, uh, a congresswoman was inspired by Carol. She introduced it into the House of Representatives. Jackie Speer, a great lady. And uh, Jackie Speer, and now it's in the Senate, and when we're hoping to get that passed, it will celebrate the arts and education uh, annually, uh, the second September of each year, and more than that, she got almost a 100% vote in the House of Representatives, and now it's on its way. Is it next week, Harry? Boy, we don't know, Carol. Oh, we don't know. I think the main thing is, Carol is also launching a national telethon of foundations who mm. join with Carol's foundation, partnership with foundation. In fact, we were in, we were in uh, Denver not too long ago, uh, just a matter of a month or two ago when the National PTA met there and we're partnering with the National PTA to find those school districts that need the most help immediately. But this telethon will be able to show the nation our kids, our children, uh -huh. who are doing great stuff when you give them the chance, when you give them the tools. They're capable of doing wonderful. We've probably got the most imaginative children and young people in the, in the world. Well, Harry's and my grades went steadily up in math and things that don't relate to the arts at all, human biology, all that. Our grades went up and Harry won the medal for the best all-around student and the best and the finest athlete he was entered on the soccer team. Let, let me, so watch out. Let me, yes. let me ask you a question. You know, when the next okay. year I graduated and, and I won the, the same medal, I'm not one of those smart-ass people, you know. I'm not. No, no. My, my grades just kept going steadily up. Oh, we did. Now we, we've got to, we've got, there's a reverse, and we have to reverse this trend about this country uh, in education. Our legislators, our educators are not doing the kind of job we would expect them to do and not really supporting the arts as they should. There are many who do but much, many more who don't. And that's where we're, our problem is. And Carol, hopefully Carol Channing will at least give it a kickstart. And once we get it, it'll pay on a life of its own. Oh, yes. It'll go. Well, the second president of the United States, Adams, John Adams, said, uh, he said, thank God my sons 
they had about four of them, and he said that they studied arts in, in uh, uh, as they're exposed to the arts, they can they will be better in business. They will be they will be uh, uh, excel in. They'll be creative in architecture in all kinds of. They'll be able to support their families. They'll be active mentally. They'll be proud to. Oh, it, it changes you completely. It changed me. And Harry and I discovered poetry. And I talked to the board of education, the executives. What of the it was Edna St. Vincent Millay. What of the wind that yearns to soar, the feet that plead to dance? Shall not a heart hope long and more to master circumstance? You, you, Board of Education, the executives of the Board of Education, you are the circumstance, and you can bring it back into public schools. It never occurred to them. They think it's superfluous. You well, know? And Winston Churchill, Harry, am I talking too much? No, no, you're great, you're great. I, I just, I want to get a, a question in to, uh, to Carol Channing and her husband, Harry Collegium. Um, but Carol, uh, I did read, like, an uh, interview with you a couple of years ago that said that you have actually pretty conservative political views on the whole. So I'm a little surprised that you would be such a champion of arts and schools, because that tends to be more of a liberal Democrat kind of leaning. I'm a champion of everything, everything. Whoever recognizes creative work as being the essence of life, as, as Einstein said, they say, how did you discover? I, no, I, I agree with everybody, as long as they're creative. I, 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 Albert Einstein said, no, I'm not smarter than my fellow physicists. I just stayed out of hunger. And he said, he went to his laboratory, he said, I slowly I began to realize, I saw that the, um, Harry, help me. Harry. Harry, are you there? Hello, Harry. Hello, Harry. Are you there? What's the question? He doesn't listen. You see, you know, you've got to always keep your wife with you. I mean, they wander off all the time. Uh, well, he said, uh, once I saw the infinite, I sensed, the infinite harmony of the universe. I, I, I came back to my laboratory, and by gosh, he split the atom. He, he, I remember when I was a little girl, Einstein splits the atom um, uh, on the headlines in San Francisco. And uh, he, he, that's how he got, he sensed the infinite harmony, and he went to Princeton University, and they said, would you tell us how in the process that you discovered the theory of relativity? And he said, well, and he opened up his violin case and said, I'm going to do the same hour you invited me for. I'm going to, I'm going to play a violin solo, and maybe you'll begin to sense the creative energy in this world that all of us have latently. And he, well, he did a solid violin solo. I keep wondering how much Princeton University got out of that. Well, oh, yeah, your cell phone is kind of breaking up a little. We can hear you, but I, I think you're. Oh, that's better, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know it. The Einstein's theory of relativity. I, I couldn't explain it to you. Um, it has to do with energy and mass and something like that. Yes, that's 
right. I sense the infinite harmony of the universe. And suddenly, and so I realize that's a, what is it, area? What's the matter in there? There, go ahead. Now speak that way. Speak. I won't touch it. All right, go ahead. Okay. Is that where it goes through? Yep. Oh, I had it turned around backwards. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, that, good. Now I think we should be, um, we should be all set. Mm -hmm. you, you okay? Can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you well. Oh, wonderful. You, you sound much better now. You, I, you, there was something weird with the cell phone, so I'm glad you turned it around. Um, can I... Can I won't let me hold it anymore. Where is Joyce? Well, that happens in every marriage, Carol. Um, I don't know what that means. Um... So Joyce is still. She, Joyce has to to take off, but she wants to say something to you. No, I want to say thank you, Carol. It was great to chat with you. I'm just going to run, but thank you for spending time with David. I know he has a whole bunch of questions he's written down here, which I can't read. Oh boy! Wonderful. Oh boy. Well, here's here's my question. I remember also like two or three years ago, you were in a bank that had just been robbed, and I, I wanted to get that story. Whatever happened with that? Well, I can, I can tell you. I can, okay, go for it, Harold. Yeah. Carol and I were going to the bank, and uh, they're making a deposit or whatever. And uh, they, and when we got there, they all the TV cameras were there, and they, they had the yellow ribbon blocking off everybody, you know. And uh, so I guess uh, the uh, robber had uh, gone. He was disappeared from the scene. And uh, so the TV cameras didn't have anything to report, and they saw Carol, they recognized Carol, and they said, Carol, uh, they told her the story and so forth, and she says, well, did they take my money too? And <laughs> <laughs> No, thank goodness, I think they, they make away with every penny in the bank. I, I, I doubt that happened, but nobody was hurt or anything. Uh, and so in any case... Uh, they did an interview while I had her, but that's the uh, that that was of no consequence as far as uh, injury or anything else to Carol. If you don't mind my asking a personal question, Harry, how old are you? Ninety-one. Oh, so you're actually older. Oh my gosh! Older than. Because you sound. Older than I am. He won the the honor, the 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 great, the best pupil award. Yeah. <laughs> and and what is it that makes a marriage go? Um, that was about thirty-five, eighty years ago. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, sure. We were only thirteen or twelve when uh, we met, and we went steady. And that was my first love. Girls never forget their first love. No, it's real little puppy. That's what it is. The puppy loved it, but it's real little puppy. But Harry, uh, yeah, well, question. 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 Oh, question. Yeah. Well, well uh, I, I do want to pick up on that because what was it? Were you not ready to commit all those years ago and then circle back into each other's lives? How come it didn't? You had you didn't get married when you were seventeen or something? Well, I was immature, of course. I was very young, uh, and I went off uh, with some of my buddies. We went to a high school in Long Beach. Uh, when we graduated uh, from uh, uh, middle school, which is, I think, 1935, I was about 14 then, 14 and a half, something like that. And, and Carol went to Lowell High School, which is one of the great high schools in the nation. And then uh, uh, I came back to San Francisco, went to the University of San Francisco, graduated, went into World War II from graduation, 
and Carol was back in um, uh, Vermont. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vermont at Bennington College. So we never quite met. I never saw her again. Uh, I, well, that's a misnomer. I was recalled in the service during the Korean War, and uh, and we came around the Panama Canal on a big ship and docked in New York City. Uh, I had a night off, and so I was walking down the street, and I saw Carol was performing. I think it was diamonds uh, something. Gentlemen, uh, for applause. Yeah. Never, yeah. I never saw her perform in my life. But uh, I, you know, I never thought of her because I'd been married for 60 years before I lost my wife. And hmm. um, so, She was a wonderful girl. Yeah. She's, I know that, and she doesn't want Harry to be alone. But, you know, uh, she, Carol, of course, is an artist. She's a great, great artist. I am not. I am. But I lived in arts my whole home. Uh, I was in, as I said, I was in two wars, and I got to travel extensively, and I would pick up pieces of art that I loved, mm. and uh, and so my home actually is oh, really full of art, and I, I have uh, a Hammond organ in the living room, oh. and also a big Rogers organ, a big theater organ, and two, uh, two organs, and you know, the arts do something to the human soul. It makes us more human, more outreach. This hate, there's a hate going on in this country that's just debilitating our abilities to grow as a nation. Uh, are we growing as a nation even though we, you know, are not doing the right things or the wrong things or whatever? Uh, and that's that's mm-hmm. very that's that's very negative. It's very it puts you in reverse. You cannot foster uh, love when you're fostering hate, mm-hmm. and, and there's just too much of that. And art. See, you have to be 91 years old to find that out. Yeah, I have to be 91 to find that out. Or, or 89 in, in Carol's case. Um, so let me let me also ask um, again the fact that Carol, you're still having a, a very very busy schedule with yeah. all the things that you do. Do you think the fact that I'm sorry? Yes, very very busy. Just I went all over Los Angeles. Yes, and now we're back in Rancho Mirage. Yeah. Have you had to? Yeah, sorry. And we're going this afternoon. Uh, there was a baboon. Carol did a show. Max. Max. And uh, the trainer still has Max. He's still alive. Uh, and uh, he's receiving a star. The fiercest animal in the jungle. And yeah, I'm Carol did a show. We're going to get the video of it. So you're going to you're yeah. gonna, gonna be there when Max the baboon gets his star. Max the baboon. Yes. We're, I don't have it yet. Max the Baboon.
this has to be done by a massive amount of people in the United States of America who understand, but they don't. The, the average person does not know the benefits received from on, uh, an education in the arts. Because well, it, they don't connect it. it. What they, they're, they're not, in other words, these are, these are people who are watching wonderful television programs. They're watching you know, Dance Like a Star, they're watching American Idol, and they appreciate all that. I mean, there's millions of people watching it, but do they connect it to the idea that, you know, you have to teach that in the schools for people to be able to get on Dancing with the Stars or, or American Idol or to write TV shows or movies, you know? Those, those school districts that have people who have good incomes can hire, and they do. They form their own foundation. They bring their own art teachers into the fold. But I'm talking about the average school that doesn't have the arts in it because of budget cutbacks. Well, and yeah. that's the first thing. It goes. Cut anything. You want to cut something? Cut the, cut the arts. Now they're cutting thousands and thousands of school teachers that teach the arts. And, you know, that's a specialty, too. Oh, yeah. And when you them out of the, when you take them out of the mix, uh, you damage, you see, uh, one, the one thing I learned in the two wars, the two wars I was in, uh, pretty much in many, many countries, in Asia and in Europe, mm -hmm. and the thing I learned was that we're all alike, people are all alike, we have the same emotions, we laugh at the same things, we cry at the same things, you know, it, 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 we're all alike. But arts are the things that sustained most of these countries throughout the world. It's arts. Arts alone. You know, I mean, kids have it. Children have it. When, when the Italians said, forget the Sistine Chapel, let's just have temporary pleasures, overeating, anything we want to do, forget all about it. That's when the fall of the Holy Roman Empire happened. And don't you believe it doesn't? It's the arts that give a country its character, as Winston Churchill said. Absolutely. Harry was in two wars. Winston Churchill was in the audience when the general said, we've got to cut everything in, in the British, uh, uh, when they didn't have any money. Every necessity. So we'll begin with the arts. And Winston Churchill stood up from the audience and said, then what are we fighting for? That's exactly true. Exactly. Well, and Joyce knows that. She's out <laughs> teaching all this, exposing her students to this. One of the greatest things, I think, for seniors today, seniors kind of give up in life after they get to be a certain age and they start to really deteriorate. That's when the deterioration progress really begins. Otherwise, it's graffiti. Yeah. They want to express themselves and they don't know how to do it, so they, they do it negatively. Hmm. And they become the worst. I talked to the, all the dropouts. How many dropouts were they, Harry? 500. And I in said, one Harry, group, in well, one group. In one group, every color of the rainbow, I was scared to death. They were the most frightening looking children. <laughs> and I said, Harry, how am I going to reach them? How, what do I say? And he said, tell them your experience with your father. So uh, my father was a lawyer and he went to the legislature and he came back home, opened the door and said, the, uh, said uh, 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 achievement. Achievement. And I thought that must be better than anything in the world. And it is. <laughs> it is. If you can achieve. And they started, do you know, they, they questioned, finally I reached them and they sent the girl, the girls went back to school 
boys, one boy, uh, they said, what did you always want to be? This is the, what's the name of them? Uh, anyway, the, 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 this group. Oh, the Job Corps. Job Corps. They get them teachers and to teach them the art of whatever it is they always wanted to do besides graffiti and scream and yell and say, I want to express what I feel, you know. Well, let me ask Carol, when, when did you realize that you had an artistic nature, that you could sing, that you could perform? I mean, how old were you and when did that hit? I was seven years old. I was in Commodore Sloat Grammar School in San Francisco, and uh, 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 somebody nominated me for secretary of the student body. We were, we were, it was my first time on stage, and we were electing next year's officers, school officers, and Bobby Schmaus, you don't know him, he nominated me for secretary of the student body. I went down the center aisle, as you're supposed to do if somebody thinks enough of you, and I never was on a stage before, up the five steps, and I stood there and thought, what will I say? My knees were shaking. I was an only child, so as an only child, I brought people home with me in my imagination that I found exciting, wonderful, warm, that I was crazy about, and I was crazy about the principal of the school, Miss Berard. So I thought, I'll turn into Miss Berard. That's, I'll do what I do best. I'll turn into somebody else. Hmm. And I said, uh, apparently she was the forerunner of Julia Childs, and she. I had. I said, "Go to the polls and vote for Carol," and they all laughed. Go to the polls and vote for Carol. I said, "As Miss Berard," and they all laughed, including Miss Berard. And Miss, I realized and that my first lesson in comedy. It was the first time I felt them coming toward me with warmth. And I thought, gee, I'm lifting their lives. And uh, now, that, now, ever since then, I've been following my own, and that's to lift people's lives, to, to make them laugh. To make, well, anyway, that's what I want on my tombstone. That's the first time. And I asked my father, can, well, I just adored her, and she knew it. And she knew there was no malice in imitating her. Right. Mm-hmm. I found every excuse to go in her office. And she she left me, and I watched how she walked and how she sat and everything. And I really, they believed it was Miss Berard sitting there. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can do this. And people need it. They need to laugh, these students. And they warmed to it. And so nobody, I was naturally elected secretary. And nobody much minded whether the minutes were accurate or not, as long as they were entertaining. <laughs> and and um, was your first audition for a Blast Vogel, or had you been already doing other professional auditions before then? I was at Bennington College in my second year when I auditioned for, we're supposed to get a job at whatever you're majoring in. Mm-hmm. So I went down to the William Morris office, asked to speak with the president, and by mistake, they let me go up there and I did everything I ever thought was wonderful in the theater. And he said, anyway, I auditioned for the president. And do you know uh, uh, Abe Lasfog? How did you know about that? Well, I did a little bit of research. I mean, it's in your autobiography, right? The um, a book called, uh, remind me, what was it? Just Lucky, I guess, which was published in 2002. So, but please tell us. Yeah, please, please recount the story. I think I know where to send you to Mo 
Mark Blitzstein, he writes modern American operas, and I think you should, you, you should I'll, I'll send you over there and see what happens. And I went over, and uh, am I skipping something? No, you're good. Okay, to Mark Blitzstein, who was writing modern American operas, the only one we knew of at the time, and he listened to it, he said, I've got a song for you, I'm going to write it, and he did. It's called I'm Fraught About You, and we... We laughed about everything. I mean, I'm fraught, simply fraught, utterly fraught with you. I've got you under my nails, between my teeth, around, about, above, and underneath. But with you, I am simply, utterly fraught. I'm caught, tense and taut, fairly distraught with you. And it was a satire on all the popular songs of the day, the love songs. Oh, okay. I, I didn't realize he was parodying a, a certain kind of song there. And by the way, if people don't know who Mark Blitzstein is, he's probably best known for Cradle Will Rock. And if people know the movie that Tim Robbins did about that, he was the composer of that show. So, and, and so you did that song for the William Morris people. Yes, and, and, and I got the job from Mark Blitzstein, and there was a one-sentence encouraging review from the main critic, what's his name, anyway. Virgil Thompson. Virgil Thompson. The music the guy? Yeah. Virgil Thompson, the composer? Yes, do you know him? Well, I've heard of him, but wow, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. So he reviewed this thing, and he said, you may hear more about a satirical chanteuse named Carol Channing. At, at that one sentence, he picked me out from a whole cast, and I carried it on my person. <laughs> I carried it in, in, in my... It's on for four solid years until I got another job. But Abe Lasfogel got me the next job. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, um, people might not realize this, because Hello, Dolly seemed like such an extraordinary sensation when it hit Broadway. I mean, it's a wonderful show. The music is marvelous. But people might not realize it, it had a troubled out of town before it came here. What was that like being out of town with it, not knowing it would be the huge smash that it was? Oh, we were sure it would be the smash. Our champion, Jerry Herman, wrote the music, the words and the music, and he's going to win the, the award. He won the Kennedy Award. He, oh, sure, he won yeah. the Kennedy Award for this year. He's go- this year, it took them that long to realize Jerry Herman was a great a composer lyricist. And he, and, and we found a spine, the Hello Dolly. It was buried in Dolly's final speech to her dead husband, Ephraim. And it said, Ephraim, I'm going to rejoin the human race. And she said, I want to rejoin the human race. And Ephraim, I want you to give me away. And she marries Vandergilder, comes down that wonderful stairway and sings, and they all sing Hello, Dolly, to her to have her back again. See, this is, this is, oh, sorry, please continue. Spine of the whole show, Hello, Dolly. But I found it, and Jerry Herman, and we discussed it, Jerry Herman and I, and he grabbed it and wrote, wrote that wonderful song. I have to say, I was lucky enough to see you in the last Hello, Dolly! revival that you did on Broadway back in the, the mid-1990s. And 
I really sensed it there, probably because already you were uh, not a, a particularly young woman anymore, and it was kind of it was billed as your last tour. So when you were up well, there, I'm sorry. Yes, how gently you put that. <laughs> well, well, who knew back then that you would live another 20, 30, 40, 50 years? I mean, back then we just like, oh, okay, let's go see Carol Channing because, you know, we won't get to see her yeah. do Dolly again. And I was, it was so touching in a way, probably in a way that it wasn't back in the 1960s. Because you were there and, and because you sensed this widow... Re, rejoining life. People don't realize that about Hello Dolly. It's about this woman who has kind of been kept to herself ever since she lost this wonderful husband. And when she goes back to the Harmonia Gardens and sees Harry and Louie, this is a, a major moment in her life again. It isn't just coming down a staircase big deal. She is, you know, her heart is opening up again. It's a wonderful thing. Oh, I love you for this. Thank you, dear. Whoa. Oh, you, you really heard the message. Well, that's the spine of Hello, Dolly. And some people don't know how to find the spine. But Konstantin Stanislavski teaches people in his book. And Richard Boleslavski discovered this wonderful method of finding the spine. Everything has a spine. And it's... And the, it has to include every character in the show to rejoin the human race. That's the spine of Hello, Dolly. It really is. And, and did you fear... See, at first, I, I'll bet you were afraid that Lorelai in Diamonds Are... Uh, in, in Gentlemen Preferred Blondes would typecast you. And then, of course, you got this other role of Dolly Levi. Were you afraid after 5,000-plus performances that everybody would just think of you as... Dolly rather than Carol, or that never was an issue. I wasn't. Oh, I'll tell you why. I was in a before hell before anything. I was in. Well, naturally, I was. I, I did ten Broadway shows, bit parts, understudying Eve Arden and Danny Kaye's first musical. Wow. And, uh, all that and and uh, oh, I did a lot of I, ten Broadway shows, smaller parts, all that, slowly bigger. And but the thing that happened is. Well, not being typecast as as Dolly Levi, but but being able to do other roles afterwards with as Carol Channing. Thank you. I I I, I was in a little review, and the critics, all the critics in New York, every year they vote for the most promising young, the most promising young actor, mm-hmm. and I wanted again and again, and I thought I'd never come to fruition. He, the most promising young actor of how when am I going to get out of being promising? <laughs> you know? I bet you wouldn't mind winning it again, though. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. What? Oh, no, I, I joked. I said, I'll, I'll bet you wouldn't mind winning it again. Wouldn't that be lovely if you, if you won that again? Best newcomer. You know, that, that'd be sweet. Oh, I'm glad you said that. That's so funny. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> but it is, I'd like to win the most promising young for my next show. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that you... will be three months from now until I'm 90, and I'm not, I haven't matured completely yet. Are you able to... to... I mean, you really seem like you have the stamina and the energy. I don't know if you could do eight shows a week on a Broadway thing, but would you ever consider or be able to do like a four-time-a-week specialty thing, like a Barbara Cook sort of a thing, or that's not a possible thing anymore? Oh, I, could I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Could I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Ye
Facebook. We adore each other. I, 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 I think I can answer that question probably as well as she can as I observe her. And that is, uh, yes, she could, uh, providing there were a day uh, between uh, to kind of grab her breath again. Right. But she uh, is as active. Uh, she has more stamina than certainly I do. Uh, when we were in New York City uh, and, uh, and and Brooklyn uh, traveling through all that traffic, she did 23 appearances doing exactly what she's doing with you, wow. or in many cases with television, uh, in three days. Now that's a tremendous, tremendous emotional and, uh, you know, and, and on the fourth day she met with the theater guild and in the morning and in the afternoon she was recording a documentary which is going to be out fairly soon which is going to be a great documentary of her life uh, and she did about four hours of that in the afternoon and she was just getting started so her stamina is something that I think most of us would envy yes uh, and uh, I, of course I come back totally depleted, you know, I need it. Hey, I, in fact, I made a new rule. You do two days, I get one day off. <laughs> you do two days of this stuff, you know, all day long, 12 hours, like yeah, just the other day. She did 12 hours. Good we, got, we got up at 9 o'clock in the morning, traveled to Los Angeles. She did five appearances, television and all, radio and so forth. And then uh, we were, you know, 11 o'clock by the time we got in bed that night. See, what happens is that you get to thinking, I've, I've, uh, well, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, what happens is that you, uh, uh, if you get sick, interestingly enough, I want to tell you about this. Sure. Uh, if you get sick and you go to bed, you get much sicker thinking about everybody saving their money, uh, uh, saving his money and and babysitters, babysitters, travel time. Yes, and they travel the money they pay and all that, and they save their money and they they they're yeah they all and then I'm not there after they finally get to the theater because Hello Dolly was going for five hundred dollars a ticket and I'm not there. You get much sicker lying in bed, much sicker. Don't do it. Go get there, and you. So I get there, and you know it's the funniest thing. You reach to the. I had uh, what is it, ovarian cancer, and and the doctor is standing in the wings, Doctor Kahan, and you reach to the heavens to get the show out, and by gosh, the heavens answer you. They really do, and you and you get and you get. You know what's interesting? When you somehow the heavens answer you. And that show that you're particularly sick on, that's your best performance. Well, and I tell the audience now, that's, and I tell the students at master classes, that's your best performance. The one that you couldn't get out, but you had to do it because you couldn't disappoint them and not be there. You get, it's selfish. I get sicker when I'm lying in bed thinking of all of them. Oh my God. So, <laughs> Do the show. If you're a secretary, type the letter. It'll be the best, flawless letter you ever wrote. And you will do the best work no matter what your work is. Can I give you an example? Please. Can I give you... Can yeah, I please. Please do. Harry Collegian. Yes. 
Yes, let me give you an example. Carol did a uh, what they call the Actors Fund uh, a show in Los Angeles, and Angela Lansbury was coming down one step, uh, a set of stairs. Carol was coming down another set of stairs on the opposite side of the stage, and the, the, the theater, the lights were just spotlights. The stairs were totally uh, black. Oh. You the stairs. And she fell down the stairs. Carol fell all the way down the stairs. And she broke her arm, broke her ribs, uh, had a huge gash on her head that they had to stitch. They rushed her to the emergency hospital, and they were wondering what they were going to do with the act. The following night uh, at the actress fund, that same, the same thing. And with Carol Epson, and would you believe it, that with a sling on her broken arm or broken rib, and all the damage she had done on her head, but she stitched it up, she was there. Well, actually, thank you for telling that story because there's something I, I kind of want to clarify, and it, it plays to my ignorance. I, I, I don't mean it as an insulting question at all, but I did read that, Carol, you're a Christian scientist, are you not? My father was a lawyer, and uh, he, he graduated from... Brown University, summa cum laude, which is amazing for a poor boy growing up in Augusta, Georgia. But he uh, he, uh, he was a, a lawyer for the Christian Science Movement, and that's when he would go to legislature and come home and say, achievement, as he came in of a great big man. I opened the front door, we got the bill through. Well, he made me feel achievement was the greatest the greatest thing in life, and it is. Oh, no, but my, my question was, I'm sorry, but my question was just about, uh, I believe... I'm not a Christian. Oh, so you can go to a hospital, you're, you're not, you know, that's not a problem for you. I think this, though. I think, I think this. I think the fact that her background was Christian science, and I believe also that her commitment and her dedication to her work which is the profession of making, lifting the lives of people. You put those two together, mm -hmm. and you've got one of the most committed people that you'll ever find on the face of this earth. I, when she, here's another story for you. She has ovarian cancer, and she's on the road. So every week she has to go to New York and have her, uh, whatever, x-ray or whatever the treatment is. Yeah, and, and so... Uh, as she's doing her shows, I mean, she's in Colorado, and on the weekend, she would fly back to uh, New York, have her treatments, or whatever the treatments were the doctor were giving for ovarian cancer, and fly back. Now, that commitment, mm -hmm. I mean, that thing, I'm going to do it no matter what. That's my religion. Is right now, It has been. That's my religion. Reach to the heavens to get your work out, and boy, you will do much better work. But you're also known, I think, for, for many, many years that you keep a very, very strict diet, unless I'm mistaken. You were very organic and macro way back before everybody was. Am I right about that? I'm allergic to so many things, I don't know. She is not. She, you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, was, uh, most of the time I have to prepare the meals, and I want to say it's difficult at me because I never did much of that in my lifetime. But but in any case, I prepare one set of food for myself, and I got to, you know, 
I have to see because she can eat a whole head of cauliflower raw or a whole head of lettuce raw, uh, and and she got a great diet and she's a very healthy girl. Fish, lots of fish. I, I said, don't mind my calling you a girl. Oh, I'm oh, sure I'm, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm your girl. Yeah. Oh. yeah. We are talking with, with Carol Chang and her husband, Harry Collegian. Do you have a couple more minutes with us? Can, can you spare? Go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it, it is noon here, by the way, at the University of Northern Colorado. I'm Dave Leftwich. You're listening to Dave's Gone By. And as I said, we have the legendary, the one and only, Carol Channing. We've just been asking her all sorts of questions, as well as, of course, getting her message out about the importance of art in schools and bringing art to students and kids. We're, we're not forgetting that, but I also wouldn't want to miss this opportunity to be asking Carol and her husband about their life together, her life in the theater, her amazing career. As a matter of fact, there was a, um, a little news story about a year or two ago in which Johnny Depp expressed interest in playing you in your biography in a movie. Do you, do you think that's ever going to come to some sort of fruition? <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, we've been, uh, well, we're trying to get him. Uh, see, the Magic Castle in Los Angeles is very well known in many circles. And the Magic Castle are going to be producing the telethon. And he's on the board. He's on that board of directors of the uh, of the Castle. I've never met him. Yeah, he's in Hollywood. But I'm going to. So we've been calling him. I've been trying to reach him to be a part of the telethon. You see, uh-huh. and uh, and uh, he's so busy, probably in Europe making a film. We haven't been able to contact him, and we don't know. Uh, I know he, he, he Carol responded to his thoughts, which was uh, to someday make a motion picture because he loves Carol so much. And uh, so we, 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 we don't know. We there, just don't know. There are people who even say that on some level his version of, um, I think it was Willy Wonka, was slightly based on, on Carol in, in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or, or whatever, whatever the remake was, was called. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little something to that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I never heard of it. Yeah, you did watched it, but you didn't. Oh, oh, I watched it. Yeah. Oh. I didn't recognize it. Carol, if you had to, if you had to pick another role besides Dolly, and and let's say besides Lorelai Lee, that you loved doing, that we might not realize or remember or think, oh, that one. Uh, what would it be? Well, I did nine different characters in Lendenier, a little review. Oh, was that fun. Oh, for me, that was great. I played every kind of, every language, every, and that's my, that's my work. Everybody to his own sphere. But that's my work, is review in which you change character for each sketch that you're in or song or whatever. And it was one of the sketches that Anita Lou saw and said, that's my Laurel I leave for gentlemen prefer blondes. But it was only one of them. Gee, I sound braggadocious. No, you're welcome to sound as braggadocious as you please. You've earned it (laughs) many times over. I thought I'd never come to fruition. They kept voting for me for the most promising young. Well, you didn't ask the question uh, that uh, what? Carol would have loved to have done the motion picture, Hello, Dolly. Mm. 
Well, I mean, I assume there are no bad feelings after all these years, but it must have felt pretty... It must have been a tough blow when Barbara Streisand got the gig and you did not. Canada, at the time I heard it, at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel on the 18th floor, I'll never forget, and I was called and said, no, you're not going to do the movie, it's going to be Barbara Streisand. And I thought, all I have to do is lean a little further out this window and this pain will stop. It, 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 it'll be all over. I won't feel the deep loss that, I mean, it's the life came out of me. And and I, I thought, that's all I have to do. And then I realized, no, 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 no. Go on doing what you're doing. Keep playing it and just, but but boy, I wanted to, I, I thought there's no way to end this pain. Oh my gosh. I mean, obviously it may have been comforting to know ultimately you weren't alone in this situation. Everything from, from Audrey Hepburn uh, getting the role in My Fair Lady, oh, even to a couple of years ago. I mean, you know who Cherry Jones is, this wonderful Broadway actress and, and now probably known for um, for television too. And they didn't cast her... Yeah. Andrews in My Fair Lady, the energy she had. She was here on the street where I live. Boy, she was mad at at, at uh, uh, Rex Harrison's Henry Higgins. Yeah, I mean, I played My Fair Lady oh. too on the summer circuit. Really? How did you yeah. like playing? How did you like playing Eliza Doolittle? Oh, I am fine. Okay, I'm well, just, yeah. Congratulations on that, of course. And then, and, and the point I was also going to be making about um, Cherry Jones is that she's already she's a pretty famous Broadway actress, and yet when they wanted to make the movie of Doubt, for which she won uh, one of her two Tony Awards, they went to Meryl Streep. 
You know, they, they, they didn't ask her or, or you know, they, they had Meryl, so they got Meryl. So even now, even years and years later, um, where Broadway keeps churning out wonderful performers, they don't necessarily get to do the movie of the role that made them famous. It's, it's unfortunate, you know? Yes, and I never, I'll never know why. I guess, uh, you know, movies cost so much money to make. And there's so much publicity involved that they figure if you have a big star to open a movie, a big movie star, you can automatically count on making a certain amount of your money back immediately as opposed to opening with someone that only New York would know. Me. I don't know. I really don't know. It's unfortunate. But... Yeah. Anyway, I'm nothing against Cherry Jones, nothing against anybody that... Certainly, Audrey Hepburn was lovely. She was wonderful. Oh, and so yeah. And one of the nice things, if, if you know, when you would do a musical movie, nobody had to dub your voice. <laughs> when you sing, people would expect to hear Carol Chang singing. That's for sure. Whoa, thank you. You're very welcome. Can I ask, if, if you were to give advice um, I'm to would-be young performers in musical theater and regular theater, uh, aside from living clean and eating well and, and all that sort of thing, what, what would be some advice for getting through this whole thing of auditions and trying to be an actor and, and trying to do what you've done all these years? Now, do you have... You're forcing it out of me. That's the thing. It's not for your own pleasure. Don't think of yourself. Hmm. Just keep in character, and that's all. Keep in the character you're playing. And, well, I, I think that is really, really wonderful advice. And, you know, I, it's just been such a delight to be talking with Carol Channing and with... with Harry Collegian. Let's remind people that they're going to be in... Uh, well, well, Carol, I, I guess your husband travels with you pretty much all the time as long as he gets his days off. Is that true? I guess your husband travels with you. Harry's trying... Oh, yeah. Explain to him what's cap, what you're doing. Uh, yes, we travel to David. Absolutely. We're uh, tied together, and I'm there for her. Uh, arranging, I'm her manager, I'm her director, yes, I, that's what I do, it's just totally a new career for me, I started this in 1983, uh, I mean, when I was 83, I'm sorry, 2003, uh -huh. when we got married. I, I tease him, he's a canny, crafty, cagey Armenian, and he looked after me when he was 13 years old, and girls never forget their first loves, never. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to just remind everybody that if they want to see Carol Channing in Colorado, uh, I think I have the right date. October 23rd, you will be doing a master class in Fort Collins at CSU. Unfortunately, it's not at UNC. I don't know why we can't get you to the University of Northern Colorado. We'd love to have you here. 
but uh, you're in a rival class. And of course, we'd love to, to get you to, um, to be in person at the radio station. I mean, I think that would just be, you know, if you ever get a chance. You know. <laughs> David, you're so penetrating. You ask such good questions that I've never been asked before. I will be there if you want me in your studio. Well, of course we do. Uh, you know, if we can arrange it, there, it would be this incredible honor. We would be honored. So maybe uh, Harry and you and I can work it out and get it done. It would be great. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. It's a, we, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. God willing, uh, you know, we, we'll get you to Greeley, Colorado, which is not that far from Fort Collins. It's about 45 minutes, you know, and we can, we'll get you here if we can. That'd be wonderful. Yes. Okay, now Harry seems to feel I've got to get off the phone. Yeah. Well, um, it's been, I would keep you here for hours, but I know you have to go. Uh, but I want to thank you so very, very much, both of you. Thank you, David. And thank you. And you have a website, right, where people can buy your CD and find out more about the, the places that you're going to be and, and all the things you're doing, Yes. The patriotic one, that's the one I get thrilled with. Or the one songs my father taught me, what's the name of that? Uh, for Heaven's Sake. Oh, For Heaven's Sake, okay. So yeah, those are the two CDs, but can they go to like carolchang.com and, and buy them and see them and all that stuff? Or dot org. Dot org, sorry. Yeah. Carolchang.org. Well, Carol... Harry, thank you for making my weekend. Thank you for making one of the best moments I've ever had in radio. I expect to see you guys in Greeley, Colorado soon. I think that would be really wonderful. My dear brand new best friend, thank you. Thank you. Have a, have a wonderful weekend. Oh, Carol, can you just, I hate to do this, and this is the thing that everybody asks you to do, but can you give us just a little snatch of, little bitty snatch of hello, you know what? Well, I think Jerry Herman wrote it for everyone in the universe. That's what I really think. He wrote it for everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm sorry? Yes. Bye-bye, David, dear. And bye-bye, your, your, your Joyce. Bye-bye, Joyce. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. It takes a woman more powdered and pink to joyously clean out the drain in the sink and it takes an angel with long golden lashes and soft dresden fingers for dumping the ashes yes it takes a woman a dainty woman a sweetheart a mistress Frail young maiden who's constantly there For washing and bluing and shoeing the mare And it takes a female for setting the table And weaning the guernsey and cleaning the stable yes, it takes a 
Practically speaking, to whom can you turn when the plumbing is leaking? To that dainty woman, that fragile woman, that sweetheart, that mistress, that wife. Oh yes, it takes a woman, a husky woman, to bring you the sweet things in life. Oh yes, it takes a woman.
Yeah. 
just a little girl from Little Rock. We lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Till a gentleman took me out one night And after he talked me wrong from right We moved to the right side of the tracks Then someone broke my heart in Little Rock And I up and left old Arkansas Like a little lost lamb I roamed about Till I came to New York And I found out The one you call your daddy ain't your pa I was young and determined I was wined and dined and earned Every night opportunity would knock And some of these days in my fancy clothes I'm a-going back home and thumb my nose At the one who done me round, the one who done me round, the one who done me round in Little Rock. For a kid from a small street, I did very well in Wall Street, although I Never bought a share of stock And some of these days I've got it planned I'm going back home And shake the hand Of the one who done me wrong The one who done me wrong The one who done me wrong In Said the one who done me wrong, the one who done me wrong, the one who done me wrong, in Little Rock. I'm just a little girl from Little Rock, but fate led me straight to Murray Hill. And I suddenly had a charge account It amounted to quite a large amount But somehow I never got the bill Although I lost my heart in Little Rock I still wasn't smart about romance I've discovered since then that a girl in love Usually gets a token of a man's appreciation in advance Though my landlord adored me He was like a father toward me Until I found he owned a city block And now that I'm known in the biggest banks I'm going back home and give my thanks to the one who done me wrong, the one who done me wrong, the one who done me wrong in. I said the one who done me wrong, the one who done me wrong, the one who done me wrong. Now the blues have overtaken me 
Since my loving man has gone away I tried my best to treat him nice and kind But now these words are running through my mind A good man is hard to find You always get the other kind Just when you think that he is your pal You look for him and find him fooling around some other gal Then you rave, you even crave To see him laying in his grave So if your man is nice Take my advice And hug him in the morning Kiss him in the night Give him plenty of entreaty Go back to their spouses. 
a girl's best friend Stash those rocks in your strong box For on them you can always depend It's not compensation It's self-preservation Diamonds are a girl's best friend Romance is divine And I'm not one to knock it But diamonds are a girl's best friend Romance is divine Yes, but where can you hawk it When the flame is gone Just try and pawn a tired down one Some men buy and some just sigh That to make you their bride they intend But buyers or sires They're such goddamn liars Diamonds are a girl's best friend I've heard of affairs that are strictly platonic But diamonds are a girl's best friend And I think affairs that you must keep masonic Are the better bets If little pets get big baguettes Some girls find some peace of mind In a trust fund that banks recommend But if you are busty Your trusty gets lusty Diamonds are a girl's best friend Youth is gone And you can't straighten up When you bend But stiff back or stiff knees You stand straight at Tiffany's Diamonds are a girl's best friend I don't mean rhinestones a fickle age with flirting all the rage here's one little bird with self-control happy inside my cage I know who I love best thumbs down for all the rest my love was given heart and soul so it can stand the test No one to talk with All by myself No one to walk with But I'm happy on Chef Amy's behaving I'm saving my love for you I know for certain The one I love 
through with flirting Is you that I'm dreaming of Aim is behaving I'm saving my love for you Like Jack Horner In a corner Don't go nowhere Now what do I care? Carol Channing was so good, I can barely stand myself. What an exciting and delightful and funny and fun morning we had here in the neighborhood with the great legendary actress Carol Channing. We've just been playing a bunch of Carol Channing songs here. Let me go to uh, the MySpace page for Dave's Gone By to let you know what we have heard. If you want to check it out yourself, it's myspace.com forward slash Dave's Gone By. That's the name of the program named after me, of all people, Dave's Gone By. So we heard Carol Chang and her husband, Harry Collegian, live on this program. Talked to them for more than an hour. Had an absolutely fabulous time. And then played a couple of her songs, including classics like Hello, Dolly! and also the finale from the 1964 Broadway show, Hello, Dolly. Carol Channing singing Diamonds, Our Girl's Best Friend, and Ain't Misbehavin' also. And we also heard in there at some point, Neil Sedaka doing O Carol, and A Good Man is Hard to Find from the delightful Carol Channing. And I do want to, you know, just to be fair, I want to tell everybody to remind them that if you want to see her in Colorado. Now, we're going to try and get her here 
Oh, we, we have a we have a phone caller. Let's see if they want to be on the air. UNC Radio, you are on the air. Who's calling, please? Hello, my name is Stormy. Stormy? Yeah. Okay, what can I do for you, Stormy? This is Dave. Um, well, I am supposed to pick up the, the line tickets today, but I have no idea where you guys are located. Ah, well, any, um, you know, muggers and rapists who are listening, uh, the uh, location of the radio station is at, um, oh my gosh, it's not Davis Hall, it's not Cesar Chavez. What hall are we in, folks? I've totally forgotten, but we are on 20th Street between 9th and 10th Avenue. It is the Marcus Garvey Center in Davis Hall. That's it. It's the Garvey Center. You have to come around the back because um, the front is the actual Garvey Center. Our radio station is kind of tucked away in the sub-sub-sub-basement uh, with, with the rats and the, the sewage. But it's, it's still a nice little place. But it's, it legitimately, it's, it's the, build, the building on the corner. It's got a big lawn, and it's elevated, and it's the uh, Marcus Garvey Center between 9th and 10th Avenue, really on the corner of 10th and 20th Street. Yeah, got it? What tickets, what tickets did you win? Uh, bovine green. I know they're on our playlist somewhere. I mean, maybe I'll get a chance to play some bovine when I when I leave here at one o'clock. Hold on, let's see. Is there any bovine green on our on our playlist? Give me one moment. Booker T and the MGs, Boston, Bouncings. Oh well, no. Okay. Well, let me know how they are. I hope they're good. Where are they playing? Where are they playing? Oh, cool, because, yeah, that's the cool thing about the station is we're getting lots of tickets to different places. So you got to listen to a bunch of the shows on here to win tickets. Just like, what's your name again? Stormy. Thank, well, thank you for calling in, Stormy, and we'll get you those tickets. And enjoy the show. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye now. So, thank you, Stormy. Great. I get, I get one call to my radio show, and it has nothing to do with me. Okay. I don't care. But I might as well do some of the, uh, the advertising business that we have to do on here, including thanking our wonderful sponsors like the Fritzler folks. You know, their maze is up. And since it's already October, I know they've got the screamy thing. Well, I'll just read this. Scream Acres and the Maze at Night. Ooh, another exciting dimension awaits visitors to the Fritzler Corn Maze after dark. The haunt begins. Ooh, I don't have any uh, special vocal effects on this, but I'll make it The haunt begins. All of your favorite scares from previous years and this year's editions await. Um, imagine you and a group and your group of family or friends enter the darkness within the maze. You hear the rustling of corn stalks. Noisiest corn stalks ever. Uh, but you cannot see what is lurking in the black. Beware, for lurking in the darkness is a haunt that sure to leave you and your friends scared and running for your life. Well, doesn't that sound like a fun way of spending afternoon? Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, bring a change of underpants. Screamakers is the haunting attraction Colorado haunt goers have enjoyed for many years, and they look forward to it each fall. It is just a short drive from anywhere. Well, even, even Carol and Harry could get to it. Get scared at the Fritzler Maze this season. If you want to learn more, go to the, the website, screamacres.net, screamacres.net. 
I'm going to do a, just a little bit more. Ooh, ooh, I, I wanted to talk about this anyway. If you'll just, uh, just give me a moment on that. Here we go. Uh, last week, I went to see, my wife and I went to see the show Bright Ideas. And lots of people should see that show because it's a UNC production. They're doing it at the Norton Theater. And let's see, when are they doing it? From, oh my gosh, they've got one show Left, Sunday afternoon, tomorrow, the matinee, 2 o'clock, at the Norton Theater. Remember that because student fees were voted on a couple of months ago, and they, they you know, said yes and voted on a raise in student fees, one of the lovely things that that came with is that now students at the University of Northern Colorado can get to see the theatrical productions here for free, which is really kind of nice. Back Last year, you had to pay, I think, 10 bucks or something like that for the shows. Um, so now, if you're a UNC student, you can see Bright Ideas for free tomorrow afternoon, Sunday at 2. Uh, you can call 970-351-2200 for your free ticket. 970-351-2200. I think you only get one ticket per student, but still, it's, it's a pretty neat Gig, You know, students can also get tickets in person at the Langworthy Theater box office. That's the, the one in Fraser Hall on Central Campus. Or there is a ticket office located, located <clears throat> excuse me, in the UC at the information desk. Just make sure that you have your valid UNC ID to get in. I'm not sure if you can buy tickets at the Norton Theater. Maybe you can, but they won't be open until like probably a half hour before the show. So, Bright Ideas I did get to see last week. It's um, directed by Tom McNally, who is a longtime and beloved teacher and director here at UNC. He's also the artistic director of Little Theater of the Rockies. And the, the story of Bright Ideas is pretty simple. It's a, a very dark farce about these two parents who are desperate to get their little, little child into just the right school. Because you know how it is, then you know, get him into the right school, then he'll be able to get into the right junior high school and the right college and an Ivy League and etc. And the life will be mapped out. But first and foremost, you gotta, you know, these these yuppie kind of parents who don't have a lot of money, but every penny that they've got, they're putting towards appearance and putting towards getting the kid, you know, just in and most popular and most accomplished and winning all the awards and pushing the kid beyond limitation into, you know, just the right box. Well, we don't even see the child in this. We're just following the two parents who grow increasingly more neurotic and more separated and all these terrible things happen to them. Not only that, they do some terrible things because the play is comically loosely based on Shakespeare's Macbeth, in which, of course, we know that um, you know, Macbeth the soldier is goaded on by his wife to murder the king. And he does this, but unfortunately, you know, bad things occur because of that, and his wife goes mad. Well, they parallel that story very, pretty cleverly in Bright Ideas. It's a funny show. I found it a little long at two and a half hours. I think they could have told the story shorter and quicker and cleaner and still gotten all the jokes in and, and their main point, which is, of course, hammered home quite a lot in this kind of satire of parents going way too far and people pushing their, themselves and their children and caring about all the wrong things and making decisions that have more to do with appearance than morality. 
kind of gets old in two and a half hours. But there are laughs and some pretty big ones, especially towards um, in a scene towards the end of the first act. And absolutely worth seeing and very, very well performed. I had uh, director Tom McNally as a teacher over the summer in a, in a short theater directing class. And he knows how to pick the right actors for the right roles. He just, he, he sees something in people and he knows that they can deliver. And he's definitely done that in this show. You're going to be seeing a couple of actors up there and you're going to go like, oh yeah, absolutely the right casting for that. And it's, a, it's, it's quite enjoyable. I do recommend it. Not the, most, not the best show they've done at UMC, not the best play, but it's good for what it is and certainly worth catching, even if you had to pay for it, which you don't, because tickets are free. Remember, all you got to do is call 970-351-2200 or stop at the box office in front of Langworthy. Well, last uh, ad that I want to do is for Red's Dogs and Donuts, welcoming back UNC students. Well, uh, we're already welcome back. It's week seven. So we're, we're well into it here. Visit Red's Dogs and Donuts for hand-forged, delicious spud nuts. I'm, I'm reading this verbatim, folks. Spud nuts. That's a potato donut. And I think they do other things there. I think they, they may even have some other donuts that they stuff meat into. Uh, there's probably a donut with a carburetor in there somewhere. But they may make delicious food. <clears throat> including foot-long hot dogs, buffalo dogs, and Kobe beef dogs. I have to say, that sounds pretty delicious. Mm. As well as chai smoothies, caramel apples, and much more. They even have a happy hour, Monday through Thursday, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. I don't believe they serve any actual alcohol. What you do get is if you buy three spud nuts, you get three spud nuts free. I... Life just doesn't get better than that. You know, a day of Carol Channing and then going over to uh, Red's Dogs and having a couple of spud nuts. Really, it's, it's what we're on this planet to do. Red's Dogs and Donuts is located at 2608 11th Avenue, Greeley, in the King Super's Shopping Center, right next to the Starbucks. Want to find out more? Red's Dogs and Donuts.com. By the way, you want to find out more about the Dave's Gone By radio program, which is winding down in the next 10 minutes, please visit my website, davesgoneby.com. The cool thing about that is you can hear archives of shows that I've been doing since 2002. I mentioned earlier that this week is my anniversary on the air. I've been doing this program in various forms and guises and places for eight years now. And the very first episode is up there, right at davesgoneby.com. Just go to the archives, and you can hear what I sounded like all those years ago. And plus, you can hear interviews with other pretty well-known Broadway people, people in the music business, some actors, and some kind of unusual guests that we've had over the past few years as well. davesgoneby.com. Also, please feel free to drop me an email. I uh, would love to get your comments and suggestions for other people to have on the show. Dave's gone by at AOL.com is the official uh, email address of Dave's gone by. Everything has to, I share a brand on everything, you know. Dave's gone by at AOL.com. So, uh, oh, I, I even got an email from my good friend, our new friend, let's see, Gil Moon. He was my guest 
on the show a couple of weeks ago. He is a broadcaster at KFKA Radio right here in Greeley, just about a half a mile down from this radio station. Uh, Gil says, congratulations on some great radio. I, I assume he's referring to the Carol Channing thing. Uh, look, listen, if you need any help in getting Carol and Harry from Greeley to Fort Collins and, and I guess vice versa, I'd be pleased to provide transportation if needed. i even rent a limo. See you tonight. Oh, and, well, I'm going with Gil to uh, Lucky Stiff at the new... CCC. But thank you, Gil. Uh, we, we are really going to try and get Carol Channing and Harry down here. We're going we're to see if we can do it. You know, I, you know, I don't like to be optimistic about th- these things. I prefer to be practical. If it can be done, maybe we can get her done. And I thank Gil for, um, for his help. Maybe he'd he want her on KFKA, I'm sure. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see what we can do. I'm going to play a little more John Lennon because it is the 70th anniversary of his birth, you know, so many times it's funny, we all, we all, we celebrate or, or we mark and mourn his death and the, the horrible shooting outside of Dakota, but isn't it nice to just celebrate the birthday, to say, hey, John Lennon was born today and gave us so much wonderful and extraordinary music. So that's what I'm going to do. Let me play a little bit more John Lennon before we get out of here. I'm not going to play the inevitable imagine, or should I? Maybe I should. No, this is the song I'm going to play. Dedicated to the seven years that Harry and Carol have been together and to my lovely wife, Joyce, who was also really, really helpful today with the show. This is a a great, beautiful number from the first Plastic Ono Band album called Love. Love is real.
Cockney Harris, please. Wave your little hand and whisper so long, dearie. You ain't gonna see me anymore. But when you discover that your life is dreary, don't you come a knocking on my door. Cause I'll be all dolled up and singing that song that says you dog, I told you so. So wave your little hand and whisper so long, dearie, dearie should have said so long, so long ago. Because you treated me so rotten and rough, I've had enough of feeling low. So wave your little hand and whisper so long, dearie, dearie should have said so long, so long ago. For I can hear that choo-choo calling me on to a fancy new address. Yes, I can hear that choo-choo calling me on on board that happiness express. I'm gonna learn to dance and drink and smoke a cigarette. I'm going as far away from Yonkers as a girl can get. And on those cold winter nights, Harris, you can snuggle up to your cash register. It's a little lumpy, but it rings. Don't come a knocking, I'll be all dolled up and singing that song that says you're dogged. I told you so. Find your life a sad old story When you see your dolly shuffle off to glory Oh, I should have said so I want to thank everybody. Thank everybody for uh, being with us in the neighborhood. Thank you so much to uh, my wife Joyce and Sam Wood, the general manager here for uh, all their real help and, and wonderful fun on and off the air, as well as, of course, Carol Channing and, uh, and her husband, Harry Kalinchi, and many, many, many more years of joy and teaching and art to both of them. So I've got to run. Thank you for spending your Saturday with me here at UNC Radio on uncradio.com. Join me next Saturday, 10 in the morning, for Dave's Gone By. Here, of course, as we close every show on The Waterboard.